folks, Gavin Roth here with episode 23 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, where I sit with sponsorship marketing leaders to find out their story, their mentors, their insights, and personal and professional development advice. This episode's featured guest is Paul Joliet, Assistant Vice President of Sponsorship and Philanthropy at Sun Life. Sun Life is one of the most active brands in Canada from an advertising, sponsorship, and cause marketing perspective. Paul is a veteran of the sponsorship marketing game, having negotiated deals from both sides of the table, many of them award winners. We turned the page on November recently, and November was Diabetes Awareness Month, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a brand that has done more to advance diabetes awareness in Canada than Sun Life. A big focus of our chat is some amazing insights from his nine-plus years at Sun Life, including how Paul helped develop Sun Life's sponsorship strategy and the challenges of doing so for an insurance brand, how Paul's role expanded to include philanthropy, and how he took inspiration from the Pure Later Tackle Hunger program when shaping Sun Life's philanthropic strategy. Insights into how and why Sun Life selected diabetes as the core of their corporate social responsibility mandate. The evolution of Sun Life's sponsorship portfolio, which includes notable properties such as the Toronto Raptors, Montreal Canadiens, and the Grey Cup, and how each is used to amplify Sun Life's CSR platform. A great example of how Paul sold the Raptor jersey patch sponsorship through internally to people with a finance or actuarial background. Insights into the Sun Life Grey Cup Fan March and the Sun Life Dunk for Diabetes programs. We discuss the intersection between philanthropic endeavors and sponsorship marketing and how it has grown across the industry. And terrific personal and professional development advice from an executive who has worked on the agency, property, and brand side. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. So, Paul, why don't we start with how you kind of got into the field of sponsorship marketing? Why don't yeah. you talk about that that uh, start and bit of the journey? Yeah, absolutely. so I went back so, to my high school guidance counselor, and she said, okay, well, what are you actually interested in? And I went, well, sports. And she said, okay. So what about if we get you some informational interviews with people who are involved in the sports industry? Mm -hmm. Great. So, you know, some agents, uh, some, you know, other lawyers, some sports marketers, broadcasters, et cetera. It was great. And so what, what the school really did was kind of dug into their database of alumni That's and great. set me up with these informational interviews. And, and Roughly what year would that have been? This would have been uh, 1998, so what, 20 years yeah, ago was kind of when that was happening. That, like those, that informational interviews have become an art form now, but that was early days for that it kind was, of stuff, right? Yeah, and, and so you know, with a lot of those, I was pretty naive, and I'd go in and they say, what do you want to do? And I'd just kind of say, well, what do you do? Because I just, honestly, I didn't really know. Yeah. You know, you'd do in, that, in those days, you know, there was stuff online, and the internet did exist, yeah. but it wasn't as robust in terms of the, the amount of information you can find. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I went into one interview, and it was with Brian Lang, hmm. um, you know, Chris's son, who's now the president of MasterCard here in Canada. And uh, he said, well, if we've got anything, we'll give you a call, which oh. is the exact same thing I heard from everybody else. I'm yes. like, okay. And uh, I got this phone call the next day, and my mom called me from the basement, because that's where I was. I'm <laughs> living in my parents' house again, because that's what you do yeah. when you finish university. Yeah, you have no yeah. clue what you're doing. Absolutely. So she likely woke me up at like 2 in the afternoon. It's likely what it was. But, um, but she said, there's Brian Lang's in the phone. I was like, yeah. oh, great. He goes, hey, Paul, um, do you want to come in and work on the Bell Canadian Open? Sure. This is wow. great. So there I was, trekking out to the, you know, the, I was actually not that far from my parents' house at 4100 Young Street into the Langan Associates office and uh, so know, but Br Brian so Brian called, Brian was, was the one MasterCard but he was calling on behalf of Lang well so Brian Brian worked at Lang back oh then. he did so yeah so Brian was at Lang gotcha. back in the late 90s gotcha um, with lots of with you know Sam Gallat and, yeah. and you know lots of other people in that in that group Dan Thompson Dana Gladstone yeah. so, I mean a lot lots yeah. of lots of people we, we saw last night yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, he said do you want to come in so gotcha. I went in and, and literally spent you know two months stuffing envelopes I was uh, you know I, I ran the sort of the, the hospitality shuttle program so at the Holiday Inn in Oakville and we're shuttling 
VIP guests from Bell back and forth to uh, to Glen Abbey. And that's that's how I and, started. And was Bell the land client, or was golf? Bell, no, Bell was CGA. Bell was the land, Bell was a massive client of ours. Everything yeah. from Olympics to golf so um, you were to doing that on behalf of Bell. Yeah, and it was Got it was it. great. So I mean, it, it gave me um, you know a first glimpse into into you know what what was a sponsorship and how do you activate it and what what yeah. did it actually mean right. and. and you know, again, because I was pretty naive, naive. I was I'd spend the time in between the Holiday Inn and and the Abbey talking to all these VIP guests and what they did and why they were doing it. And well, we talked offline before about curiosity, and that's what yeah. you were employing. I was, there. yeah, I was just I didn't know what this was. Like I yeah. really didn't know what sponsorship was. All I thought it was was a, a company gives money to a I didn't even know it was called a property. Give it yeah. to an organization at that point, and you, you, you get some yeah, you get some stuff. What is that stuff? Oh yeah. yeah, you get a sign. You go, apparently you get some tickets. Well, it's yeah. kind of cool. Um, and then, so from there that, you know, that the cane open and wrapped up, but actually during that time, that was interesting. Like I was, um, it was funny. There's, I was, you know, the people I was working for underneath Brian, you know, would say, you know, it's, it's okay to leave the office. Cause I was there until like six, seven, eight at night. I had nothing else to do really. Yeah. Um, so my whole thing was now that I've got my foot in the door, I'm not going to let this, mm. let this slip away. Cause mm. this seems pretty cool. And at the time, you know, Lang was working on just amazing pieces of work, whether it was with. Uh, whether it was with Molson, whether it was with Bell, whether it was with Candy and Tire, whether it was Nike, like all these amazing, amazing brands, brands they were yeah. working with, and all yeah. these amazing programs. So I thought, okay, this is this is really neat, and this is in like this is sport, like this is what I love, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't know what aspect of sport I wanted to do, this was really sort of fascinating to me. Um, so what spun out of that once the Open was was done um, was it was actually Sam Gallat, who's now at IMG, who came to me and said. Um, Listen, we want you to uh, to work on some uh, some Nike business and some Canadian Tire business. So what we want you to do is we want you to go out in the road for six months with Canadian Tire and be one of the the, the guys working on at that point their camping brand. It was called it was the launch of Northern Escape. It was the mm. brand they're working on. And so given my background in camping, I'm like, sure, this is mm. this is great. So it was actually pretty funny because I I looked so young at the time. I mean, I was in my early twenties, but I looked really young. Um, they actually asked me to grow a goatee and it was like the most sparse, <laughs> disgusting thing you'd ever see. You know, like, you know, like I look like Connor McDavid trying to grow a beard. Like another there's, there's, way there's you not a whole ahead, lot there. ahead of your time, you know, well, now, I, now those types of things are, are all the rage. Well, not only are they all the rage, but I can't also imagine in this day and age actually going to an employee of mine and saying, you need to grow facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like saying you need to grow your hair, you know, grow yeah. your, cut your hair. Your tattoos, your, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. something to, you know, to be more, yeah, um, yeah. More, more appropriate with the brand. So yeah. it's kind of funny as I yeah. look back, but there's some, there's some, I'm sure there's some bad pictures out there somewhere yeah, of me yeah. hawking the, the Northern Escape stuff with this terrible goatee. <laughs> but, uh, so I did that for six months. Um, and then, you know, Sam came and said, listen, we're going to be launching Nike soccer program here in Canada. Do you want to actually come into the office now and start working on, uh, you know, working on Nike? I'm like, this is, this is fantastic. Awesome. Um, you know, for me personally, love soccer, played at university. So this was kind of like a, a dream. And so there I was organizing a series of, uh, cross Canada, over the course of a couple of years, a couple of, of cross-Canada soccer tournaments for kids who are 13 and dealing with retailers and launching the brand. and um, I loved it. It was just... Every uh, step, you're kind of taking on a little bit more It's exactly It's exactly right? what it was, yeah. And yeah. then I had people under... You know, I could start managing people and managing the execution teams and... and Stuffing uh, envelopes to getting out in the field now to kind of managing people. Yeah, managing people and, and managing the client as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Sam, was, Sam was definitely the director on the business, but for me, it was, you know, actually having the... Being the, the interface with the client and being the person on site responsible for, you know, hundreds of kids and, and um, you know, all these teams and retailers. Well, I so I then spent the next, I spent two years working for Lang, so it started 98 to 2000. And, you know, outside of Nike, got to work on some stuff with uh, with Molson and we created the best seats in the house. That was one of the things I, I was working on. Worked on the, the Molson Canadian rivalry train and sort of helped execute some of that. And again, some of these programs still exist, which is, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, did some work with Procter and Gamble around some stuff with the CHL. Um, I remember when we actually it was actually helping launch the Febreze brand, hmm. and uh, we had these uh, these individuals who had these massive Febreze uh, plastic canisters on their back, roaming CHL rinks across the country and going and just spraying people. <laughs> so it was, I don't know if it was insulting or not, but we was yeah. kind of going around sort of saying, "Oh, yeah. would you like something Febreze?" And in essence, what we're kind of saying is, "Well." Do you yeah. smell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like to smell better? <laughs> so, yes, yeah. Maybe one of those things yeah. in retrospect yeah. uh, was an yeah, interesting, yeah. not maybe our approach. Our, yeah, not yeah. the best approach. Yeah. Um, but but fun experience. Um, so, I mean, that, I did that for two years, thought it was great. Um, but for me, I always thought about going back to school. And, um, 
you know, I really didn't have a, a business background. Um, and I enjoyed, I mean, a lot of the stuff I was doing was, was events, uh, was executing events. And so I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. Do I want to do this the rest of my life? I'm not sure, maybe. Um, but the idea for me was always to go back and, and, and you know, seek another, another degree. And so I looked into doing my MBA. And um, the big thing for me was, okay, now that I, I've kind of realized that sport is where I want to be, um, is there the opportunity to look at an MBA with some kind of sport um, association as well? And so I actually accepted uh, a, um, an offering from the University of Alberta to go to, Edmund to do, Edmonton to do my MBA there uh, because they have a specialization in sports management. Okay. And at the time, it was the only one in Canada. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say. Yeah, uh, it was pretty rare. It yeah. was, yeah. I mean, and, and there were, honestly, there were four of us in the program. Really. Yeah. And then after university, um, you know, I, I think... And do my MBA like a lot of people I wanted to be a consultant mm. like that was like oh great I'm an MBA I'm yeah, a consultant yeah. sure so I talked to Ernst & Young and KPMG and I just kind of went ah this is, I'm not sure that's what I want yeah. and I went back and talked to to, uh, to Chris Lang and uh, you know he said well, what are you looking to do and I said well I, I really you know I want to help companies develop sponsorship strategies and that's really you know where I want to go and, and whether it's on the property side whether it's the corporate side but I really want to be on the strategy side and maybe less so on so the event and execution yeah. side. And Chris said, well, you know, we've got this whole consulting group of, of Lang. Um, you know, would you want to come back and do that? And I thought, well, this, is, this sounds great. I get to move back to Toronto. Um, you know, I'm back with people I'm familiar working with. You know, great brand. Um, you know, the Lang brand. And so I, I came back to Toronto. And that was in 2002. And then I spent the next eight years wow. working for Chris. Um, and it was, it was great. I mean, it was a tremendous experience working for him. And, you know, he is... Um, obviously really well regarded in the industry but he also knows everyone yeah. and, and because we were a small shop you know there I was at you know at age what 26 27 and with you know the you know I'm, I'm in there I remember playing golf with with Chris and Paul Beeston and Paul Godfrey yeah wow. I mean what there's no other yeah. way I'd be having these you know yeah. talk having, about an MBA I mean, it was yeah that was your PhD there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and despite the fact I almost killed some people on Rosedale Golf Course, I was so it, nervous when I first played with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, and you got a little bit of game. So, well, I don't so, know about that. It yeah. was, it was one of those days where, I, if you know, the Rosedale Golf Course, the first tee is really elevated, and there's the the clubhouse is off to the left, and I was so nervous because they're all standing around, and Beeson's yeah. got a cigar in his mouth, and and I shank one so badly off the heel of the club that it screams over top of these elderly lady having lemonade on the oh on the god. on the patio. Oh my god! And I <laughs> Chris looks at me and goes, uh, you, you better tee up another one. Yeah. And, he, and he's the first time I've ever played with him. He's like yeah. thinking, what the hell have I done bringing this kid out here? Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, I went back the year after, and they put up a net. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the Paul Jolly of that right yeah, there. Yeah, that's because yeah. of me. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, he w- it was great working for Chris. I mean, the number of people I met, and, and um, you know, I, I use the term my Rolodex mm. grew a lot at that point. Of course, people look at me now going, what the hell's a Rolodex? But, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it really did. I mean, that the, the contacts that I made there, um, and the experience that that, you know, that I got was was tremendous. And again, because I, we were a small shop, I was getting brought into situations I wouldn't ordinarily, yeah. ordinarily be brought into otherwise. Being age, yeah, yeah, being the age I was, so I mean, you know, I did a lot of consulting work. Um, you know, in developing sponsors with strategies for for Nissan. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did a lot of work in the, the financial sector as well. Did a lot of work in in the Olympics, um, which you know Chris, of course, is is famous for. Yeah. Um, was fortunate enough to to and, and different different things in the Olympics, which was fun. So whether it was consulting to the the Canadian Olympic Committee for about three or four years, and sort of the transition to uh, to Vanock, Jet Set Sports was in yeah, there as well. Sure. So Olympic hospitality um, did a really interesting project with uh, with John Hancock out of the states because um, they were actually looking to get out of the Olympic movement. So I was fortunate enough actually to go to to Torino in two thousand and six, um, but it was one of the most bizarre initiatives because. Everyone there is celebrating the Olympic Games and how great it is. And there I was going around and talking to presidents from the different Olympic committees, saying, "This is great, but on behalf of my client, we want the hell out." Mm. Um, so it was uh, that was a is a really interesting project. And then working with Chris and 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 you know Keith Pelly and the team at, at CTV around Vancouver, and it was uh, yeah, it was it was a great ride. And then of course working with all kinds of different properties, developing their sponsorship strategies as well, because I could yeah. always say. Listen, I've, I've I've had the agency side. I understand the property side, but now I've got the the brand side. I understand the, the corporate sector as well, and so uh, I started looking. Um, and this is back in 2010. There wasn't a lot out there, um, but I was fortunate. I mean, I started looking into the games in February, and by August, I'd landed this job at, at Sun Life, and oh. it was interesting. It was. I think I might be one of the only people that's ever applied for a job on Workopolis and actually got a call. <laughs> so I yeah. saw it was a position, you know, as the director of sponsorship for Sun Life. It was a brand new role. 
Um, so to me, really attractive because all this, you know, I've, I've all done all this consulting work with different companies and, you know, sort of looking at where they've been and, and mm-hmm. you know, how can you extricate yourself from some things and, and add to it. And now there's this opportunity to come in and have a blank sheet, which mm-hmm. was really attractive. And um, so I had the, you know, the initial phone interview and they said, great, and we want to come in and meet with, you know, this, this individual who you'll be reporting to. And, and it's interesting, that interview, uh, and I still reflect back on it thinking it was the, one of the best ones that I've ever been a part of. Oh, wow. Um, and I've taken a lot away from that because it, it ended up being, it wasn't, you know, the, the standard. So give me mm. an example of a time when it was just a conversation mm. and it was more about what my fundamental beliefs are about sponsorship and how would I do certain things and what do I think about this, you know, the, a relevant topic in, in the industry right now. So I've, I've tried to gain from that That's and great. try to keep my interviews a little more discussion based versus me just pounding questions at people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it allows you to peel the layers a bit on the individual. Yeah. Right? Versus it was, getting that robotic rehearsed answer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was great. And then, you know, had two more interviews from there. Um, but it was interesting because what I started to do too was, you know, when, because at this point LinkedIn was, was, you know, starting to grow. And so you can go on LinkedIn and you start to snoop people and you go, okay, do mm-hmm. I know people that know you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I did that with the, that was the, the first person interview was with the AVP. I did it with the VP. And then the CMO was Mary DePauli, who's now of course at, mm-hmm. at RBC. Special lady. Uh, Mary's yeah. awesome. Mary's just awesome. And so I went into her and the first thing she said to me was, well, you've got quite the fan club. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness, I hope that's okay. Cause in my mind I'm going, oh, like, is this a bad thing? Like, I've had people like, you know, Dave Hopkinson call yeah. her and the folks from Cirque du Soleil call her. All people that, that you know, Sun Life was, had been associated with in one way or another or that, you know, there were some conversations I knew were happening. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, it's great. Everyone said great things about you. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, so it was great. So, you know, Mary, a woman named Lori Landry, Kevin Press, who are, you know, are still here, um, brought me in. And it was, uh, it was great. I mean, first time on the, on the corporate side. Mm. Um, so very different experience. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I, I loved it right away. And the, the culture at this place is, is I'm very fortunate to be here because the culture is great. I mean, it's a very warm and very, uh, I'd say caring environment. Has it evolved? Was it led that way right out of the gate? I mean, it's, feel it's more of an emphasis on, on, uh, people than at the beginning. I think it's, it's always been that way. I That's mean, there, right when I, when I, when I started between 20, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Right? No, I mean, yeah. between 20 and 10 and 2011, we had a change in, in CEOs, um, Dean Connor, who's our, our CEO now, is kind of the embodiment, I think, of that. Um, super approachable, mm. um, charismatic, really intelligent. Um, and, and I think he just, um, you know, leads by example. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting, even even now, I mean, I have routine conversations and emails with him, and I talk to colleagues at other organizations that are about the same size, and they go, like, your CEO even knows your name. Um, so, like, there's, there's, there's not a lot of... I wouldn't say there's a lot of hierarchy, yeah. which is nice. Um, and so it's been great for me in, in, in this role um, because I've got to get to know a lot of our executives really, yeah, really well, which is fantastic. Um, so came in in 2010, had a blank sheet to work with, um, developed you know our, our sponsorship strategy at the time. And when I came in, um, you know the, the, the whole model that I was going to try and build was how do we communicate good messages through, uh, through good mediums? And the idea being... Um, you know, for the most part, we're in a pretty low relevance category. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not a, we're not in a sexy category. Yeah. Traditionally, we're a life insurance company. Yeah. Um, you know, we do um, you know wealth management as well and group benefits and pension products, but it, it's not it's, it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when you look at it from a, a marketing perspective, our KPIs really are how do we change perceptions of our brand, and how do we change consideration? Mm-hmm. Because for us, it's it's the sales cycle is so long. Um, and despite the fact we, we are talking to the end consumer, our products are purchased through an intermediary. So whether yeah. it's, you know, your, your company you're working for purchases your benefits or your, your pension, or you've got, you know, you go through an advisor to purchase insurance, um, it, it's a, it's a different model. And so for us, it's really about how do we, how do we make people feel better about the brand and how do we change their, their potential to purchase our products, change their purchase propensity. And so for us, from a sponsorship standpoint, I looked at that and went, okay, it's, if we go out with a with a business message and we say, "Hey, I'd love to talk to you about your life insurance," people are going to go at that time yeah. and place. Like I'm with my kids. Like this doesn't this doesn't feel yeah. right. Yeah. So the whole model was how do we then get people feeling good about our brand? And so how, the the idea then was how do we integrate more of a philanthropic message as part of the, the sponsorship story? So how do we take you know a good message of Sun Life is giving back to the community 
and promote that through our sponsorships or good mediums. And part of that was we don't have robust media dollars. I'm glad you tied that back. I was going to yeah. ask you qualify what good message through good mediums. And yeah. That's it. So the, the the philanthropic cause marketing, good message. Correct. Sponsorship platform, good medium. I that's like right. That. That's and and, and, where that, and where that came from really was a work that I'd done with Lang going back to, I want to say, the early 2000s when we helped Pure Later create Tackle Hunger. There you go. And I mean, that's one of those programs that I looked at and went, that's that's what I want to do. I want to yeah. emulate that program here. That's awesome. Um, and I remember sitting in that room, at, I guess it was it was the Gem Group at the time because Lang kind of mm-hmm. changed names a little mm-hmm. bit back then. But I remember sitting there, and it was funny, saw a lot of those people last night. Yeah, we worked Dana. on that program, Dana, Ian Cook, uh, Paula Menzies, um, just some, some great people in the industry, super bright. And... You know, I'm sitting there going, okay, what if, what if we, because it was, you know, Imperialator had supported, uh, you know, some food banks, and it was just the idea of how can we integrate CFL football and food banks? And you mm. kind of go, I don't know, this is, this is an interesting conundrum. Mm. And I remember sitting there, we kind of going, what if, what if for every sack, you know, of a CFL quarterback, we gave a sack of food? And you kind of go, oh, that's, Brilliant. that's great. Yeah, this yeah, is, this yeah. like, you know, this is yeah. gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how it was born. And, and it was funny. I was, I knew we were talking about this today and I was watching uh, TV last night. Uh, I was watching the, the Major League Baseball uh, wild card game. Yeah, that ended at 3 a.m. I did, I, I did not, I did not stay up the end. Yeah, I watched yeah, the end of the yeah. ninth. I was like, I got to pack yeah. it in. But, and sure enough, there's a, there's a tackle hunger ad. Yes. And I went, wow, after all these years, it's been amazing to watch that, program that program is, and it's still growing. Like yeah, it's, evolve, yeah. it's awesome. And so I kind of want to, I like I, the latest ad. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. It's got a nice tone to it. It does. And it, and it's, it's, the nice thing about that is, despite the fact it's still called tackle hunger, and yes, it was a CFL program to begin with, um, for the most part, it's, it's property agnostic. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the message of, you know, pure later supporting food banks, you can do through, football you can do through hockey you can do like it's it can do th- it can do through anything absolutely and so my thought process here was why don't we try and emulate that program but do it with yeah. with sunlight and so um that's neat i didn't know that that was your inspiration yeah it was yeah, it was it that. was purely tackle hunger that's what, what it how it works you take inspiration from things you either have done or you've seen and admired so i like that yeah that and then that's, i mean the fact that it's still going is yeah it's pretty awesome it was 20 years later um, and so I, I took this in front of our Canadian executive team and, and sort of brought this model before them. That's great. They yeah. said, we like this. But what's the, what's the message? Well, that's a great question. Tackle I, I, finance. <laughs> 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 well, and, and so for us, it was, we sort of said, okay, well, we fundamentally think of ourselves as a health and wellness company. Mm-hmm. So, and we want to help people live a healthier lifestyle. Um, but at the time, philanthropically, we didn't have a singular cause. Like, it was very nebulous. And at the time, in 2010, there wasn't actually a single national health charity we supported. It was super fragmented. And that's so, so was, common. Eh? You, well, see, you yeah. see that so much that when people look at their uh, giving strategy, it is there's no uh, uh, consistency. No, it was, it was a, it was a shotgun. And, yep. and I like that. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was everything from AIDS to cancer to, I mean, you could throw in scoliosis, you know, yeah. for, for crying out loud. It was, it was everything. Yeah. And nothing national. It's all very yeah. regionalized. Yeah. And so at, that, at the time, though, I only oversaw the sponsorship portfolio and didn't have any influence over the philanthropic piece. So I said, okay, well, until we figure out what that message is, Let's go and let's go to start building equity with some of these mediums, some of these sponsorship properties we think we're going to want to work with. Mm-hmm. And right away, we sort of intuitively thought, okay, well, if we want to talk about health and wellness, sport is a great vehicle to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, why don't we start to associate ourselves with some of the, the biggest sport entities in the country? And then once we and start building equity with them and really just use it from a brand building standpoint, use it for hosting and hospitality, kind of sponsorship 101. And then once we have that message, we can start to overlay that on top of yeah. it. Everyone, okay, this is great. So partnership with the, the Maple Leafs, partnership with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, as of 2011, the CFL, we, you know, we brought into the fold. Uh, for a time, we had the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and then it was going ahead to 2012 um, when Mary, who was our, our CMO at the time, said, oh, you know, there, we need a, a signature philanthropic health and wellness focus. And the reason it hadn't happened before in this company was because actually – the where where uh, philanthropy sat was actually in our legal department, hmm. which you know was was really interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. So it got got shifted under marketing, and right away Mary said we need a, a, a more succinct strategy around health and wellness. And so we thought, okay, in order to do, uh, in order to have a bigger impact on our brand, but also a bigger impact on on the industry and the healthcare sector, we need to focus our dollars. 
And Samari kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, I want you to lead the, the strategy behind this, cool which, was, which was awesome, yeah. a, a tremendous opportunity for me. Um, and it kind of took me back to my consulting days. So, yeah. I, you know, as it worked as a consultant, came into Sun Life, worked as a consultant, essentially built the sponsorship strategy and activation. Now he's going to help build the, the philanthropic strategy, which was a tremendous opportunity for me. And so for us, we looked at it and went, okay, we fundamentally think of ourselves as a health and wellness company. We want to promote, um, you know, mental, physical, and financial health. Okay, so what... What, what, what are those, those tenets that we believe in? Well, it's, it's exercise, it's proper diet, it's smoking cessation, it's stress reduction. So pretty quickly, you look at causes out there, and, and diabetes rose to the forefront. I won't go into the other ones we considered, but um, you know, diabetes rose to the forefront. Yeah. Um, and for numerous reasons, we, we chose it. You know, we saw the costs associated with diabetes-related drugs rising 50% over five years. We wanted something globally. Well, Incidence rates in North America are, are, are growing you know, rapidly, but in Asia, we have a, a large uh, focus as well. Um, it's just become a massive epidemic. Um, and we also wanted white space. So for us, we looked at it and went, okay, well, is there a disease that we can try and, you know, quote-unquote own, despite the fact we have relatively modest budgets as compared to sure. the banks? Because everybody's supporting cancer, and we want something. Yeah, diabetes is out here. It's, it's blank space. Begging for exactly. support. Exactly. Yeah. So you put your, your marketing hat on and go, yeah, okay, I think we can, my, we can my, do this. Uh, as an aside, my brother-in-law, um, Dr. David Perkins, is the top uh, nephrologist, chief of nephrology at Trillium. Uh, hospital at Credit Valley and so that's it's a space that he's very familiar with and I know he's sure very grateful for for Sun Life support yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's been great so we launched that in 2012 and, and uh, you know and used the Grey Cup as the yeah. as the vehicle to do so and we yeah. were out in front of our building here fairly on, prominent annual event yes. oh yeah yeah it's been around for a couple of years a couple of years um, but we did you know one of, one of the programs I'm most uh, most um uh, I guess happy about in the past is we did this this thing with the CFL called the Sun Life Grey Cup Fan March, and it was yeah. this this idea that you know that Mark Cohan kind of had and we helped bring to life in in 2012, which was wouldn't it be neat if on the day of the of the hundredth Grey Cup, um, you know, every, people could you know the general public could touch the championship trophy. So it was the first time in pro sport North American pro sport history where people actually got the opportunity to do that. So it was almost like the torch relay, and we brought the mm-hmm. the Grey Cup from Varsity Stadium up on Blur Street down to the Rogers Center. We had a stop outside of our building here on King Street and, you know, had two or 3,000 employees out there and ten to 15,000, you know, people from the public. And we donated a $5 million check to University Health Network wow. with the Grey Cup there, with Doug Flutie there. Uh, we covered it on TSN throughout the game. We had all kinds of hits um, on, like, broadcast hits as part of the, integrated as part of the broadcast, integrated as part of the game. Um, and just just a great way to, to kick off our, our partnership. So. You know, since that time, we've we've committed now more than twenty two million dollars to the fight against diabetes here in Canada and around wow. the world, um, which has been which That's has been staggering. great. Wow. Um, and it really has become the foundation for all of our, our sponsorship activations. So everything we've done with the Leafs, the Canadians, uh, the CFL, um, now you know in, in a big way with the Toronto Raptors, it's all been about how do we communicate our support of, of diabetes mm-hmm. um, and trying to encourage people to get active, um, educate them about it, but but get active to help uh, prevent the disease. Um, so for us, it's it's um, it really is not about um, trying to directly sell more product and service. Because for us, I can't put a, a Toronto Raptors logo on a life insurance policy and sell more yeah. policies. Like yeah. it just does, our business yeah. doesn't work that way. So it's all about how do we make people feel good about our brand, change their perceptions, and then ideally change their considerations. How do you how do you measure that? Uh, so we, we yeah. do we do a lot of research. It's interesting actually. Going back historically, I would say prior to 2015. Um, we actually didn't do a lot of research. Yeah. Um, you know what? I would say, you know, sponsorship marketing this company is only, what, now eight years old. Um, but because our budgets are were, were so lean, and they still are lean, there's no question. Yeah. We, you know, we have been able to make the business case for additional dollars to, to support our, our Raptors partnership, which has been tremendous, and the, and the company's been really behind that. But if you look back historically, I mean, we, we didn't have a lot of dollars. And so... The idea was, um, well, would we rather spend, let's say, you know, fifty spend fifty thousand dollars on research when that was a significant portion of an overall spend, or would we rather just put the fifty thousand dollars into, you know, into the activation mm-hmm. um, under the assumption that you know we think this is working. Hmm. Um, so in, in twenty fifteen, we had a um, twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen had a change in, in leadership, um, and, and, and you brought in a research. We person. brought in Lisa yeah, Ritchie, yeah, yeah, who yeah. came over from Scotiabank, and, and that was her background. Yeah, um, it's funny because when I did the Scotiabank CFL partnership deal, yeah. when I was at the CFL, um, it wasn't with Lisa, but Lisa was in research, 
and uh, she was the one that they took it to. Jim Tobin and Rick yeah. White took it to 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 vet, and uh, she she was uh, she wasn't sold on it, but we still managed to satisfy her information needs. So it's funny that was my interaction with Lisa yeah. to see her end up at Sun Life. Uh, yeah, and it was it was it was great because she brought a, a different perspective, uh, you know, to us. Um, and, and just in terms of her research experience and background, it was invaluable. So great learning for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started to do more and more research, which was great. And I think then, uh, you know, with the with that that ammunition, if you will, you know, we were able to really demonstrate the impact it was having on on our KPIs. And as a result, then you know what we ended up doing was was getting more money from from the, you know the C suite in order to help support our, our big partnership with That's with great. the Raptors now. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, research now plays a really big part in, in what we do. Yeah. Um, and it provides the rationale, the justification for why we do it. Because again, it, it's you know we, we can't uh, we can't look at, at sales of different SKUs of different products that are associated with with a certain property that we support. So it really is, if we're looking at at opinions, mm-hmm. we've got to measure that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it it becomes that much more valuable to us yeah. to actually go out and uh, and do that research. Um, this this intersection between philanthropy and sponsorship, mm-hmm. you see it now at more. Mm-hmm. Uh, with more brands is that when did you like talk about that dynamic what have you noticed it taking off more with other businesses yeah I, love I have it. I, think I mean it's I, clever I, yeah I mean I, I think there's I still don't think there's enough of it being done um, you know for for me I mean that's one of the great things about my role is is and just to go back you know after we launched the diabetes piece and I, I helped launch the strategy it was actually at that point I was actually promoted from our director of, of sponsorship into an AVP assistant vice president role of philanthropy and left the sponsorship piece behind but because they didn't replace me um, right away I ended up doing all the sponsorship work anyway just based on yeah. my background and then had sponsorship added back to me they sort of said okay we didn't want to overwhelm you at first yeah. but we can see you can do both so here you go yeah. and so to me because we were already going down that path of, of bringing the two strategies together it just made sense to blend the two teams together yeah. um, I don't you know I, I do see a lot more companies doing it I think that you know if you look at what research says in the marketplace now I mean I think it's like 88% of consumers um, not only want companies to be doing more uh, in terms of, of giving back to the community but they want to know about it yeah and so you know it's kind of like the old adage if a tree falls in the forest but nobody knows yeah. if companies are doing you know it's always terrible English but if companies are doing good yeah tell people about it yeah um, and and I think well, especially if it's a way to motivate others the public to, well, do, to do good. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, and even internally so here. There's a good reason for why you want to tell. Because that's often the rub is, are you doing philanthropy to uh, beat your chest? and, and uh, Or are you doing it for, to further the cause? And the only way you really further the cause is if you inspire the public and, well, and, and, and stakeholders. I think, and I think historically, I mean, I think there was this disdain for corporations because they were seen as building their business on the back of charity. Yeah. I, and I still think that's true. Like, I think yeah. that you have to be very open and honest with people and, um, and, 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 and explain why you're doing what you're doing. Transparency be to- is Be totally yeah. transparent. Be totally yeah. authentic about what you're doing. Um, but... Um, you need, but you also need to, to tell people what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I had this interesting discussion with our CEO years ago, and I was actually going in front of him to say, you know, we need activation dollars for our philanthropic investments. And it was, you know, the, the fact that we use actually the word philanthropy is a little bit of a misnomer. There's not a lot we do where it's pure philanthropy. Syrian refugees, sure, disaster relief, sure. But after that, I'm looking to try and promote what we do in the community, just like I would a sponsorship. Yeah. Um, because I know the benefit it brings back to our brand. So I remember going in front of our CEO, and he said, "Okay, well, why do you want these dollars?" And it was all around uh, diabetes focus. And I said, "Well, if if we can be the ones um, who are out talking about a certain charity, it's good for that charity." So most charities have pretty poor communication vehicles, yeah. so they don't have the opportunity necessarily to build their brand or talk about their programs. So if we can help them in doing so, that's good for them. Mm-hmm. It's good for their client base or good for the the public who might need those services because all of a sudden now they're going to find out about them they wouldn't otherwise know them. So it's good for them as well. It's good for us as a company. Um, because we talk about building our brand, um, but it's also good for the healthcare system. So if people are actually getting the services they need, um, you know, it, it's it's the the healthcare costs in this company in this country hopefully go down as well because it's you know complications mm-hmm. and such arise. So you know, I sort of said it's if we can actually do this and promote what we're doing philanthropically, it's it's a win 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 win. Like everybody wins, and I think that consumers are sophisticated enough now to recognize the fact that. It's okay to do that. I mean, I think going back to when I started in this industry, I don't think if we'd, if we'd done that. I mean, Pure Later Tackle Hunger, I think, was kind of a bit of a pioneer. Yeah. Um, because up until then, there, to my recollection, I'm sure there was, but again, my, I was pretty new in the industry at the time. I didn't know of any other programs that existed that really 
focused on a philanthropic message, yeah. especially through a through a sponsorship, let alone just a philanthropic message in general and promoting yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but now you see, I mean, so many companies are utilizing a um, you know that this message of we give back, and I think it's it's good. I mean, well, I think it's been proven it's good for business. It's, it's good for business, and it's and it's good for it's good for the community. So 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 everybody wins. You know, I, I think things like you know programs I think are fantastic. I mean, Jumpstart. I yeah. think it's. I mean, again, it's it's a whole foundation unto itself, but just the way that Canadian Tire has integrated that right into the whole business, and yeah. it just becomes. Um, part of their um, their raison d'etre, I think, is, yeah. is just awesome. Yeah, I think the stuff that they're doing there is, is we, tremendous. We talked about are you are you going to be able to sound smart and the, that raison d'etre <laughs> really really <laughs> elevated your, uh, your, your um, Wait, intellectual capabilities. Yeah, Thanks, exactly. I appreciate exactly. that. Um, yeah, that's great. And it, let's pivot a bit to um, uh, mentorship. Yeah. Um, and then we'll come back to programs. Um, uh, anybody that you look back that's been really uh, uh, influential in, yeah. in your career? I mean, I think, I've, I think I've mentioned their names already. Yes. And I've, I've been, I, you know, I'm a bit of a different breed to some extent. I've only worked at two places in my career. Yeah. I mean, I was at Lang for 12 years, took a couple of years off to do my MBA, so essentially put it all in essence, you know, 12 years. And I've been here for eight. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I think part of that reason I've, I've stayed is because of some of the leadership that I've had. Yeah. Um, and I've been very fortunate. I mean, you hear a lot of people who you know, talk about their bosses in very negative ways. And I've, I've been really lucky. I mean, I've only worked for a handful of people and they've yeah. all been tremendous leaders. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Chris yes. Lang is, is uh, uh, you know, someone I, I still talk to on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, we still go to friends and have our tuna melts together. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's someone I, I've, I learned so much from him. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, one of, the, one of the interesting things that he always said to me, and it's a bit of an old school approach, but it, it works, which is it's, it's amazing what people will tell you when you ask. Yes. And it's amazing what people will tell you when you actually talk to them instead of sending them an email. Yeah. I mean, and, and Chris, to his own credit, he would say, listen, I don't use the computer. I don't like using the computer. I, so he always picks up the phone. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing. And, and I, I do this all the time. I get a voice message from somebody and I send an email back. Yeah. In the back of my mind, I've got Chris Lang going, call him, call him back. Because it's amazing. Well, when you actually... well, Chris, Chris's voicemail is the funniest thing, and it, it's a, you, uh, it's, it, it's something like, yeah, it's it's uh, sorry you you miss me. Uh, call me back when you can. Instead of I'll call you back. Yes, yes, it's like exactly. It puts the onus back on you. It does. Right? Well, most of the time he doesn't even say it's from Chris too. He just says yeah. call me back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so I mean that that's you know one of those those I learned lots of little nuggets from yeah. Chris, but that was one of them. Just the importance of building relationships. Yeah. And and that. That one-on-one communication that you just don't get through through email. Yeah. Um, yeah well said. So he he he's a master at that. Yeah. Um, so something I really took away from him. Um, the other big influence, um, you know, has been Mary DePauli. Yeah. You know, worked with with Mary for the, the the great pleasure of working there for for five years, um, and and just a tremendous individual. Yeah. Um, you know, super high EQ, super high IQ. Um, like she would know everybody on her team. And that's their rare. their spouse's name, their kids' names what their favorite drink was, their favorite band. Like, she, she just, she really takes the time to get to know people. But she's also the type of person who um, you want to work hard for. Absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's, certain, there's certain people who you just have so much respect for that you will go to the end of the world um, in order to try and get something done for yeah. them. And, and, and you don't feel the pressure to do it. You just, you just want to. Yeah. And they yeah, just bring rare. that out in you. And they bring people together. And, and Mary is one of, those, one of those people that is able to do that. Um, such an effective team builder, such a great executive presence. Um, she, she's, she's really almost, in my opinion, one of a kind who I've seen in this industry. Yeah, true. Um, and I have the, you know, the utmost respect for her and, and what she's doing at RBC, I think, is, is tremendous. Um, and somebody I've always said that you know, I'd, I'd love to work with her again because yeah. she is just one of those cream of the crop people who, uh, yeah. who just brings out the best in people. Quick uh, Mary DePauli story. I was at Rogers leading um, integrated sales and Quite often, I would have access to the Rogers box at Rogers Center, at the the big box, and I had it uh, for the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> and I get word. I can from, just imagine what's coming. <laughs> I get word from one of the reps uh, that I worked with, who did business with um, with uh, Sun Life at the time, and said a client of ours, Mary DePally, whose name I had heard and seen her speak at conferences. Oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. but I know Mary. She'd love to go, and she wants to bring her daughter. Uh, it might have been ship two. Uh, two daughters, yeah, yeah, she wants to bring her daughters. And uh, could you set aside tickets? I said absolutely. So 
the tickets got to her. I'm in the box. She made a point of finding me yeah. to say thank you. We spent a great amount of time having just a wonderful conversation. I introduced her to my daughters who were there. And, um, and then she follows up because she had found out that my youngest, Tay, uh, was a big Raptor fan and sent me uh, DeMar DeRozan, and DeMar DeRozan was her favorite, and given Sun Life's support of the Raptors, wasn't at the level it is now, but um, she sent me some some gear as yeah. a thank you. And it was just the fact that she had remembered that, yeah. uh, spoke, and it's just so rare. Yeah, I mean, and, and just, uh, you, you knew that whenever you were talking with her, that she genuinely cared about you, like there, there's no lip service yeah. there, like she actually you cares about you. That, right? as yeah. a, and, and cares about you as, an employee on her team, but cares about you as a person. Yeah. And, you know, for her, you know, she'd always say family always comes first. Yes. And, um, you know, FaceTime, not important. And some of these things I, I try and, you know, I've taken away from that experience with her to with my team, which is, guys, if I don't see you, I don't see you. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, and if you, if you need to come in at 10 o'clock and leave at three because you've got family stuff going on, you want to get to your kid's soccer game. Yeah. That's fine with me. Just, yeah. you know, get your work done. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of companies have changed that way. We have here at Sun Life, which is, you know, more the, the agile workspace and, and agile, um, you know, work environment. So work when you need to work. And if you, if you you know, need to take from 3 to 6 p.m. off because you want to go see your kid play soccer, but you're yeah. going to be back in line from 9 till 12, like, awesome. just get your stuff done. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. to me, I don't care. Um, and as long as you get your stuff in, as long as, you know, ideally you're available for meetings when you need to be available for meetings. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, work when it works for you. And yeah. that was kind of Mary's idea, which she, she really brought to, to, to my life, which is do what's right for you. Yeah. And, and work should be integrated as part of your life, but it shouldn't just be your life. Yeah, agility is a good term because it's even, it's, it's um, you think about education. Education used to be served up in a very defined box. You're mm-hmm. in a classroom, you're going to be taught, all 30 of you are going to be taught the same way. Yeah. That was when I saw a speech from Sal Khan, who founded the Khan Academy, about which is uh, about teaching math and they changed they flipped that whole thing on its head um, and said out of those 30 kids maybe six of them are going to learn at the the pace the teacher's teaching at then you've got about 24 of them who probably need it served up quicker or slower but the the the, it's all served up in this box and and work is like that too Mm -hmm. like so they evolved that in education they've evolved it in in work uh, because our lives are complicated, yeah. right? So uh, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to something you said. You, you mentioned you went to your CEO at Sun Life to mm-hmm. sell through um, a philanthropic, um, getting money to yeah. support it. Yep. Just that, that dynamic, you're going to sell in internally. Because mm-hmm. I, I run these sales training workshops, and I get people who come who are partnership uh, biz dev execs to send me a challenge ahead of time so that we can workshop it. And one of the big challenges is selling through ideas internally. Just talk about how you would have prepped for that meeting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because to me that couldn't have just been a, hey, casual go in and you had to really nail your, 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 what you wanted to achieve and how you were going to get it. Across. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, it's, it's an interesting process. I mean, it, the, Especially working here, I mean, most, most, a lot of our executives are actuaries. They're, they're, they're numbers wow. people. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the notion of being able to sell through a marketing idea an on, 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 on an emotional yeah, yeah. gut feel yeah. doesn't really fly. I mean, yeah. fortunately for us, our leadership team is, is, um, is really open to new ideas. Mm. Um, in the case of, of the, um, you know, the, the additional activation dollars, initially when we started talking about diabetes, on the philanthropic side, it was really just a lot of research, a lot of industry research, and saying here, here's what consumers think of companies who are talking about what they're doing philanthropically. So that's really what that one was. Um, the more more recent example was when um, you know we went in front of our executive team and, and specifically our CEO and our CFO to talk about the uh, Raptors jersey patch. Mm. So you know we we it was a significant increase to our, our budget multiple times that we were spending mm-hmm. um, as a as a budget uh, total. We went into to talk about this, and and you know we had we had done our homework. It was actually interesting, actually, in that meeting that our dean, our CEO, said, "Well, you, you guys have actually done your homework on Good. this," because every time he'd asked us questions, uh, we had the research there. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've been fortunate enough to work a lot with Gord Hendren mm-hmm. and Charles, sure, at Charlton, Charlton. Yeah. Um, and they've uh, they've done a lot of stuff in this industry for years, and we've been fortunate enough to work with them starting in 2015, and and um, you know working with with Lisa, who was our our former CMO, to really drive this. 
um, the, the whole research angle is to, um, you know, the, 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 the changes in terms of, of perceptions of the brand in a positive way and our brand attributes and the, the changing consideration sets to purchasing our products and services if people are aware we support in the community. Yeah. Um, and so the, the idea and the way that we pitched the jersey patch to, to Dean was, and the way we, we look at it, which is certainly it's about brand awareness. There's, there's no question. We're not mm-hmm. going to deny that fact. Um, and despite the fact we've been around for 100 and, uh, over 150 years, you know, our, our brand awareness from an unaided perspective is still moderate. Or maybe um, even we, we, know, we heard of sunlight, but what does sunlight do? What does it do, do? exactly. Yeah. And so for us, we said, okay, we're, we're actually, in the past few years, we've actually reduced um, our investment in TV media. Um, just from a, from a budgetary standpoint, and, and you know, because we only had a little, you know, a few dollars, we'd, we'd have a big spike, you know, when the TV was on, and then it would just drop right down again. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're actually going to be doing more TV going forward again, but uh, certainly over the past few years, we said, okay, let's, we're going to dial that that back. And so for us, was how do we continue to keep our brand front and center yeah. um, in, in front of Canadians, and in this case, North Americans, actually globally because of the, the prominence of the NBA. Uh, so that was certainly the first thing. But then the second thing we said was, you know, our, our idea behind this is using... Uh, you know, the, the patch is the entry to start talking about what we do in the community, namely around diabetes prevention. And mm-hmm. this is really about it. It's a health and wellness platform for us. So, you know, again, we're out talking and, and working with the Raptors. We're not talking about anything to do with our business. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, we're talking about how we give back and the importance of living a healthy, active lifestyle. Um, so, you know, we went in front of the CEO. We, we talked about all these different things and showed these metrics. And he went, yeah, you know what? This this does make a lot of sense. Hmm. And, uh, you know, that we got the comment back was we'll, we'll find the dollars. That's great. Um, so and it was, that was it almost was, immediate? Or it was, yeah, no. And he right away and, and yeah. our, our CEO and our, our president of Canada uh, looked at this and, and you know, we're, we're on board from right from day one, That's which, great. Was, which was great. Um, and would you say any of them were basketball fans? No. Yeah, that's, that's the interesting that's thing. I, I don't. I don't think that they, so you know, that, they that they, they weren't. No, they weren't doing it because they you know they wanted tickets. I mean, no, this this I, was yeah. this was very much a a, a business decision, um, and and you know we've seen the results from year one and, and they've been fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, exceeding expectations, which is which is wonderful. So, um, and, and great partners in MLSE to work with. I mean, they are are some of the best in, yeah. in the industry. There's no question about that. So working with yeah. them has been has been great. But actually, going back to, I want to mention one thing too. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about about our work, because we're not selling products and services, what actually makes it a lot easier for us is when we work with celebrities. Mm-hmm. So because we don't have these you know tremendous media dollars to promote what we're doing, we're we're trying to drive a ton of our media. Mm-hmm. That really is what we're trying to do. Um, so we use a lot of celebrity endorsers. But for us, they've got to have authentic ties. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, last year working with Demar Derozan. Working with Dwayne Casey, working with Jerry Stackhouse. Of course, they're all gone now. But <laughs> just say. We're, we're three. We're three for three. Yeah, got to redo those boy, videos. Boy, there's the common thread. Well, okay. exa- exactly. So, Sun life. So, Paul Jolly. So expect yeah, the guys we're working with this year not K-O-D. to be here next year. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But uh, but the interesting thing with them was that all three of them had these authentic ties to diabetes. Yeah. So Demar's family. Uh, his you know, dad, his right? dad has yeah. it. Um, you know, Stackhouse lost his sister to diabetes. His parents. Um, you know, Dwayne Casey lost his dad. And actually, Dwayne Casey approached us and said, hey, I, I hear you guys are doing this. I'd like to be involved. That's great. Uh, which is tremendous. Um, so for us, you know, we, we try and use these these authentic spokespeople um, really to drive earned media. Yeah. Um, so that that for us is a, is a, yeah. is a big thing. Um, and, and how we try to bring more attention Almost to Almost bridges into influencer marketing, right? That's yeah, exactly where are, it is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly great. where it is. Um, uh, talk about uh, program. You might have it might be one you've already hit on, but mm-hmm. just maybe um, that you've been involved in shepherding. Uh, why you're proud of it? Um, you know, a bit about yeah. it, why you're proud of it. I mean, I think you know, for for me, I mean, the Great Cup Fan March was fun. I mean, yeah. from from, a, from an activation standpoint, that's likely one of the best I worked on from an activation, like just pure activation. Um, you know, the, the program we got running now with the Raptors, our, our something like Dunk for Diabetes program, I think is one I'm, I'm really proud of. Dunk for Diabetes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, we've, and it, it's great. We've, we've actually been, to your point at the very beginning of this conversation, we've won, um, you know, a lot of awards um, in the past few years from the, the SMCCs and, and promo and some stuff in the States. And um, It's interesting. We haven't won yet for, the, for this program, um, but it's one I'm particularly proud of because for us, it's the, it's the most integrated program that, we've, mm-hmm. that I've worked on here at Sun Life. Um, you know, be it from endorsers, you know, be it from a media perspective, from social, from content creation, um, to the philanthropic piece in venue, um, it's cross Canada. Like it's, it really, all these it's, it's all these touch yeah. points. Um, 
and the, the great thing is for me as I look at it, it's we're just we're just scratching the surface. Yeah. Um, you know, year two, um, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more national pieces to it. There's a lot of advisor involvement. One of the things that we haven't done a great job of doing historically is involving our, our financial advisors. Yeah. Um, you know, we have thousands of them in 850 cities and towns across this country, but we really haven't. They're really, they're really, they're really a face to organization. Yeah. Um, but we really haven't done a great job engaging them in terms of our, our sponsorship initiatives, partially because we haven't had the money. Yeah. Um, and it's not because we haven't wanted to. Um, but we really wanted to use the, this our, our Dunk for Diabetes program. We do it in conjunction with boys and girls clubs across the country. And it's really teaching kids about the importance of health and wellness. And there's a diabetes education piece of it. But it's, it really is a program to help them get active, to teach them about proper nutrition. But we let the advisors be the heroes. Mm-hmm. And so they're the ones who are in giving the donation checks. They're the ones going in every day to work with the kids and, and teach them new habits and trying to instill those, those positive lifestyle skills that we hope will transition into adulthood. So... Ideally, they don't develop type 2 diabetes. Um, But the feedback we've had from them has been tremendous. But we're going to do more of that. Um, So I think for me, this is the great thing is we're just starting to scratch the surface in this program, and the growth opportunities are big. so yeah, that that's a program I'm particularly proud of. Uh, there's there's Good. no question about that. Um, what about a program that you've admired from a distance that just has stood out to you as very cool and why it's caught your attention? I mean, I the you know it's interesting. I, I, I we there's two days we look at this. One is from a pure sponsorship perspective, and the one is more the philanthropic, and you can kind of bridge the gap between two. For me, Bell Let's Talk is yeah, is the yeah. is the epitome Amen. of programs in this Amen. country. It is just tremendous, and. and you know, I, I, it's funny, when, when I took a step back initially when I looked at Bell, Talk, Bell Let's Talk, I thought, this is, you know, from a marketing perspective, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because what you've got is a company who, who has a budget to work with, like a philanthropic budget to work with. And what they've done is created a whole media campaign around just basically telling everybody that they have a budget. From a pure marketing standpoint, that's, that's really what it is. But that again, that's, that's my marketing spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of actually creating this this um, dialogue, this engagement with Canadians around a topic that for so many years has been so taboo, and they've been they've they've led that. Like this isn't just them trying to sell more product. This is about them actually changing the way the Canadians think, yeah, um, and how they approach mental health, and really bringing it really from the darkness into the light. Like it's yeah. just what also. they've been able to do, um, and the fact that they focused on one thing. I think one of the biggest mistakes that companies make nowadays is they're so fragmented yes. in their approach to philanthropy. And I think, and, and the, the big banks are right in there. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I'd love to see a research study that says, okay, take the big five banks in Canada, what do they stand for in the community? And I bet you'd have a really hard time getting answers to people that actually align with what they actually support because mm-hmm. they're so fragmented. Yep. You know, I think what, what Bell has done has been tremendous because they are they're hyper-focused in one, in one area. Um, you know, and then you know, watching them bring that to life with um, you know some of their sponsorship properties, it's mm-hmm. been it's been great. And you know, it, it's interesting. And I look at the pervasiveness of Bellet's talk. I'll give you an example. So in my my children's school, I remember walking into it last year, and they had Mental Health Week. Well, up on the bulletin board, it didn't say Mental Health Week. There were all these big things that said Bell Let's Talk. Mm. And, you know, for, you know, brands cannot get into schools. Like, you just, you can't. Like, the school boards do not let you no. in. Yet, their teachers and parents are putting these things up, all that say Bell Let's Talk. And I'm going, it's amazing how that has become so synonymous with just, let's, t- let, let's, let's bring mental health to the forefront. And it's just, it's okay to do that. Yeah. But you've got a corporation's name associated with that, I think is just tremendous like what um, they've been able yeah. to do and, uh, and Mary Deacon at Bell has done an awesome job with that I've sat on with, sat with her on a couple of panels and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I just sit there and listen to her like I yeah. become part of the audience just yeah. like, because yeah. she she is so incredibly articulate as to what they do and why they do it um, and it's a program that I just I hold in the highest of esteem like yeah, it's just and, a, and mental amazing. health has, has impacted my family personally so I'm so proud and, and mine of, mine as well yeah, yeah, and mine as well and I think you'd be initiative. you'd be hard pressed to find families that haven't been. absolutely um, and, and you know if we'd done this if we'd had this conversation five ten years ago yeah would we even be admitting that yeah exactly you know would we say oh yeah my family member has yeah. had mental health yeah, issues and, yeah. and now it's cool to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Not, it's not, sorry, it's not cool to talk about it. It's okay to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's not taboo anymore, yeah. as you say. Absolutely. Um, let's wrap up with um, maybe, you know, I'm always curious, personal habits, and I know I get to get you out of here. Uh, personal habits that you employ. I know you're a big runner. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about meditation. Uh, I just like to, 
get into that side of what successful people are about. Yeah. For me, you know, for me, lifestyle is important. I mean, I, I, um, like in a Ric Flair kind of standpoint, wheel and dealing, limo riding. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Jake the Snake kind of guy. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I, I think, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I, I work to live. I don't live to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one, one of the great things that I, I'm very, I've always said I'm so fortunate in my life uh, for everything that I've got. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, of what I do for a living, um, I remember being at a, a, a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, hockey camp in the summer last year. My kids were there. It was the MasterCard summer. And it was Greg Shell, and, and he said he's who runs the camp. And he said, you know what, kids? Whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, the guy who carries the mail, I think he said milkman, and a kid was like, what the heck is a milkman? Yeah. But anyway, um, but he said, you know, if, if you find something that you're truly passionate about in life, you will never work a day in your entire life. Like, you will, you will not feel like you're working if you find something you're truly passionate about. And that's the way I feel. Like, I've been very fortunate that, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to work in a, not only a job, but in a career that I love and I'm passionate about. So I, I really don't feel like I work, which is, which is great. Um, but because of that, then, I mean, as, or as part of that is lifestyle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I coach my son's hockey team. That's a great escape. That's uh, tons of fun to be with them. And, and um, it was interesting. Somebody said last night, we were talking about things. They said, you know, there, there's, there's so many more years to work uh, in your life, but there's only so many years you're going to have to spend with your kids while they're, while they're at this yeah, age. My, my, and my, sense, my, kids, yeah. my kids are 10 and 12. And so yeah. for me, um, you know, having that workplace flexibility is, yeah. is so important. Um, to be able to be there for those experiences, because you know people say, I mean, you're never going to hit your deathbed and go, "Geez, I wish, wish I worked yeah. harder." Yeah. And yeah. so for me, and, and so for me, don't get me wrong, I, I work my ass off, um, but I do there's it. A way to do there's it. a way to do yeah. it. Yeah. And so that for me is is one of the ways that I find that I'm able to manage everything is that it's it's about balance. Yeah. Um, and and wouldn't even say we I wouldn't call it life place or work life balance. It's just work life flexibility. Yeah. And working when it works for you. Yeah. I mean, I think that to me, and and so that's for me as I look ahead to you know, working here, what my next role is, that's a key thing for me. Like, how how do I continue to ensure that I can have um, both work satisfaction but but personal satisfaction as well? Yeah. Um, That's big for me. And to your point, yeah, running. I mean, I I, I took it up in in 2012. I've run 13 marathons since. Taking a bit of a break right now, uh, starting yeah. to realize that it may not be as good for my body as I, as I edit, think it would be. I'm probably going to edit that because <laughs> that just makes me feel sick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good. but it's something. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. and it's funny. I mean, I, I don't think about much on those runs. Yeah. I really don't. Like people think, That's oh, great. it's it's great. You can get out. And you can think about what you're no. going to do at work. And I go, no, I, it's nice to shut it off. I just shut it all down. Yeah. And so, if, you know, for 45 minutes most mornings or on the weekends for a couple yeah. hours, I just tune out and I put on some music or I, I put on a podcast and you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a time just to get outside. And I find if I'm active and physically active, I'm way more awake. Uh, I'm way, uh, I'm quicker in terms of, of what my, my cognitive abilities are. So I, I find when I don't exercise that that yeah, really, I yeah. can feel it. And I just yeah. feel slow and lazy. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's, you know, physical activity okay. is definitely a big part of my life as well. And lastly, um, any advice for those looking to break into the business? Uh, we're in a sexy business, um, you know. Well, you're sexy. Well, I don't like to admit it or talk about it, um, uh, but thank you. Uh, you know what? I've, 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 I have the fortunate uh, pleasure of talking to a lot of, I would say, students and young people who are looking to crack into this yeah. industry. And, and because that's how I got in, I, for the most part, don't get me wrong, I still say no, but for the most part, I try and meet with as many people as I can because that's yeah. kind of the whole pay it back thing. Um, but for me, um, you know, it's interesting. Being on the agency side, seeing the property side, now on the corporate side, um, for me, I've said to a lot of young people, it, if you come on to the corporate side first, like mm-hmm. I would say 90, 95% of all my interactions mm-hmm. are internal. So that's fine for me where I am in my career right now. But if I'm looking to make a move and I come in at a younger age into an organization like this, it becomes a little more difficult because you don't have necessarily that breadth of, of your Rolodex or mm-hmm. your contact list. So for people looking to get into, I would say, this industry specifically, um, and, and Sun Life is a wonderful place to work, so I'm not trying to dissuade people from working here, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but in this industry, um, you know, working in, an, in the agency side or working in the property side is a great place to start. And, mm-hmm. and I would say the agency side especially because I started you, you, you get side. to work on a Tremendous lot of, yeah, you get to work on a lot of different accounts, meet a lot of different people, 
see different things. And especially when you're young, you don't, you know, I, I found, I didn't want to focus on one brand. Yeah. Like I wanted the, the breadth and scope. That's and then, then, yeah. then you build your, your contact list. So that if and when you want to make a move yeah. to the property side, to a different agency, to a brand side, you've got those relationships. Yeah. So, you know, I, I say to a lot of young people, consider the agency. And world. you know what? It, it probably is a little bit easier ground to break into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and there's, and, there's a lot yeah. of opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of there, there's flexibility. And there is turnover. So openings come, right? It, exactly. Exactly. As somebody moves on to their next role. Exactly. So yeah. I don't. I, it's never a, for me. It's never a bad thing um, to, to, to go down That's the agency right path. And, and we both started there. And look where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, thank you uh, for doing this. It's been really cool. You know, it's funny how you. I'm finding with these um, these uh, chats because it's hard to call it an interview. Or um, I know people, but you really don't, and you you get a lot of little insights and nuggets. So. Appreciate you doing this. No, thanks, Kevin. It's been yeah. uh, it's been fun.